TikTokers can rise and fall in six months. I cannot imagine a world where Ethan Klein is not on this list. It like is rewarding people for pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable. They're saying uh, that she's above the rules. Right. Yeah. David Dobrik's not on the list. Hi, you guys. Kogomoko here. It's Nikki Reardon. And today's episode of Share Your Screen is going to be all about the Forbes creator list that just came out for 2023. Yep. They put out a top 50 of people who... I guess like have the biggest followings and also make the most money. Yeah. It's based off of, I guess, earnings, followers, and entrepreneurship. Yes. There's, so they talk about the methodology, which I'll get into. And then also we launched the discord. Hey, a lot of you guys are already in there. I know. And at the end of this, I'm going to share, we sent the link to the article in the discord to see what people said. And I'm going to share some of the thoughts that people have shared from the Discord in this episode at the very end. And so if you guys want to be featured in upcoming episodes mm-hmm. and... Where you have a question you want answered. Yeah, then send, send it, in the it Discord, there. Baby. Mm-hmm. And we'll have it linked out either if you're listening on the podcast in the show notes or on YouTube in the description. But with all of that being said, we're going to just roll right into this episode. Yeah. So... I have many thoughts about this list. Same. And there were some numbers that stood out to me that seemed a little odd, which Mm -hmm. we'll get into. So first of all, the methodology, which they have on the website. So Forbes estimated each creator's gross earnings, and it's between June and June. Okay. Yeah. And they take into account follower engagement rates. And then for the entrepreneur rank, you get a score of one out of four. So one being the lowest entrepreneur rank and four being the highest. That's a weird scoring system to me. It's odd, yeah. Like, why can't we do it out of 10 or five even? Why Right, 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 right. It's a little odd. And they do it based on people that make most of their money from traditional advertising. Mm -hmm. So that would be a one versus the people who are building up their own companies, brands, and services. That would put you more on the four side. Got it. Um, So with that being said... We are going to talk about the top 10 near the end, but I went through the whole list of 50 and I made some notes of ones that really stood out to me that I want to talk about. And also the thesis of this video is really going to be the main people on the list are YouTubers or TikTokers. There's a couple streamers, which we'll get into. There is. And I want to talk about, it seems as though maybe... TikTokers have grown the most in terms of popularity recently. Mm-hmm. However, YouTubers hold it down when it comes to like bringing in the most money. They run laps around TikTokers. Yeah. I mean, I there's I have a few reasons as to why I think that is. Number one, I think when you're thinking about things like entrepreneur score and stuff like that, a lot of these YouTubers are just one older and two have been yeah. doing this for longer. So like true. some of which near a decade, if not more. Yeah. And I don't think somebody who's been a creator for two years is ready to start a business with like hundreds of employees. Exactly. But somebody who's built a platform over 10 years has a lot more infrastructure around them, Mm -hmm. has a team, has people that they're connected with that can help do those things. So like, you know what I mean? I I think that there are some like interesting comparisons too. There's just more history. Yeah, there's more history. I, I have a theory as to why YouTubers make more money and have longer careers than TikTokers. Okay. I think it's because TikTok operates off a For You page, but YouTube operates off a subscription page. And community. And community. Yeah. So TikTok only incentivizes you for discovering new content, new creators, which is why people grow faster on TikTok. However, they have longer careers on YouTube because if someone subscribes to you, they see your video every single week in their inbox, no matter what. I post, you can post 10 TikToks a week and maybe someone who follows you maybe sees one of them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's not as deep of a community factor. And that's why I think you see these YouTubers with 10 plus, 10 years as a creator. But TikTokers can rise and fall in six months. That's such a good point. I followed people on TikTok and after I hit follow, never saw another video of theirs ever All the time. All the time. All the time. And I also think to your point, YouTube has what I like to refer to as object permanence, where Mm -hmm. on TikTok, I always use this idea, but if I asked you, what are the last five videos you saw on your For You page? Could you tell me? Oh, no. In a row? 
can you tell me the last deep dive YouTube video that you watched and who <laughs> yeah. it was from? Exactly. Or even think too, like how many how many one minute you have to watch sixty one minute TikToks of ours to equate to watching one podcast episode. That's so true. Like that is so yeah. many, mm -hmm. so many, and sixty TikToks is like weeks worth of videos. Yeah. So like to, to one YouTube video. Yeah. It's just so interesting, like how different yeah. these platforms are. I also think they've like really skewed in extremes. Yes. One person before we get into the list that I want to point out, I was surprised didn't make the Forbes Creator list. Mm. Ethan Klein from H3. Oh, I know. I mean, he's a massive Teddy audience. Fresh. I, t an entire brand. Streaming. Streaming. Employees. YouTube channel. Multiple YouTube channels, yeah. actually. I also think, in general, there were not enough streamers on here. If yeah. we're going off of raw income, streamers probably make significantly more than YouTubers. Which we'll get into. Not only they do they have the passive revenue, mm -hmm. same as YouTube, they have subscriptions, which yep. is $2.50 a month per subscription into their bank mm -hmm. account. They have at donations yeah they have subscription goals they have gifted subs like there's so much monetization built into streaming and there's like what two streamers on this list yeah it's it's i think like very and i have lots of thoughts about we have list. thoughts yeah and i also would like to preface too like what i think it at least is interesting like about our perspective of this list is you and i worked on like the back end of the industry yeah. for three years and i I mean, granted, I wasn't working with people like 100 million followers yeah. like Mr. Beast, but I have seen how much people get paid. I have seen how much two different creators of the exact same follower count, but in different niches, mm -hmm. can get paid drastically different mm -hmm. sums for the same length of video, yeah. same number of deliverables. And when I was looking at this list, like, I don't think it reflected that at all. I think that it's literally guesstimate. Surface level. Yeah, it seems a little surface level, which we'll get into. And one more note before we dive in. I do want to say that I wonder if Ethan Klein H3 didn't apply because I think you have to submit yourself. Oh. And I get the vibe that Ethan's not interested in that kind of stuff. And I think that would be one of the only reasons he's not. I cannot imagine a world where Ethan Klein is not on this list. Yeah, I mean, again, like his brand goes so wide. Podcast, streaming, mm -hmm. YouTube, owns a brand, yep. has a TikTok page, has like, he's everywhere. Yeah, so my guess is like, he's just not into this like PR hoity-toity stuff. So that's just something to note. But okay. diving in, before we get into the top 10, some standouts. Cool. Of course, we've talked about him before on our pod, Kai Sinat, number 44, and he's blown up like mm -hmm. even the last six months like crazy. The first video I saw of Kai's, he's a Twitch streamer, was him with 21 Savage and showing 21 Savage the um, the videos that were going viral with of Drake. his song with Drake. Yeah. Yep. So Kai had the highest engagement rate besides one caveat, which we'll talk about. Okay. He has a 25% engagement rate, mind you. In the industry, even getting like 3% engagement rate is considered someone, for to compare it, Yeah. Alex Earl has 7% engagement rate. Yeah. He has, that means one out of every four of his followers are showing up every single day when he starts streaming. Right, but again, like I don't even know how they calculated engagement rate. There yeah. are literally multiple different ways you calculate it. Different softwares calculate engagement yeah. rates differently. So like, Twitch are rate, they yeah. taking total amount of followers per mm -hmm. platform or are they like averaging each engagement rate per platform then averaging all three or are they summing up all of their followers and all of their engagements and then to, like yeah it, again like there is no it doesn't say like it doesn't really it help. doesn't and i almost feel like it might be off for some people which we'll get into but he is just such, and so he has uh, 22 million followers total across all platforms, and he made $4.7 million in earnings. He got a one for entrepreneur rating, which means $4.7 million came from traditional advertising. Yeah. So people just paying to have him hold a certain product in streams and stuff. Right. That's a lot of money. Another person who wasn't on this list that I was shocked about is Ludwig. Yes. He was at one point the largest streamer on in history. Yeah. He at one point broke the record for most amount of subscribers, yeah. but then signed an exclusivity deal with YouTube. So now he only posts oh, and streams on okay. YouTube. So I'm like, okay, are they saying that that's hurting his total followers? Mm -hmm. But that I'm the amount of income from an exclusive yeah. deal with YouTube is probably unimaginable. So like yeah. again, I'm like, I think that this 
There's not a lot of deep logic to this list, at least from my perspective. Yeah, or even someone like PewDiePie. I think it's also just they aren't submitting themselves. Like Mm -hmm. some people just don't care about. I also think, oh, maybe this could be the Ethan Klein thing. But some people that are in business don't actually like others to know how much money they make because then if yeah. they ever get sued, people know how much to come for you. Yep. Uh, there's tons of stuff like that. Yeah. About people or taxes. And yeah. Big run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying anyone's doing anything illegal or wrong. It's just some people are more private with their income. Now, another one. Number 42 on the spot was Alex Earl. She made five million five million dollars in earnings. She has 7% engagement rate. So compare that to Kai, mm-hmm. 8 million followers. And she just launched her show Hot Mess through Alex Cooper's new brand. And I do want to note that the show toppled Joe Rogan on the Spotify charts for the number one spot, which no one's been able to do. And yeah. she's not a Spotify exclusive. So she brought in Spotify numbers that outpaced yeah. Joe Rogan and Alex Cooper and people could still find her thing on other platforms. She is the one who I am most excited to see on this list next year. Like I really think her ranking from this year to next year could be, she could be in the top 10, top Mm -hmm. five. Like she's really like on this precipice. She has really like what I call like the Emma Chamberlain effect. She does. Like it really feels like she has touched this precipice of like almost mainstream media, traditional media. Mm -hmm. Totally. Another one is Michaela Noguera, number 36. She made $7 million. She has 17 million followers. She has 2% engagement rate, which I thought was interesting. Um, And I think she's a great example that there's so much money in makeup. I know Mm -hmm. Alex Earl does makeup. I don't really consider her a makeup influencer. But Michaela Noguera was really one of the only makeup people on this list. And I do want to note, though, I'm a fan of her. I follow her. But her making this list, just kind of like her winning a streamy, just again goes to show that creators sometimes think that they're above the rules of the FTC. If a brand did what she did with the mascara thing, they Mm -hmm. would be fined. They would potentially have their, you know, it could be detrimental to a brand to do exactly what you're, she did. And you're talking about when she me. did that the fake lashes where for a lash product. Yeah. And the she was wearing falsies. Exactly. So like the makeup wasn't doing it. It was falsies. Okay. Yeah. That is really, really upsetting. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you. It it like is rewarding people for pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable. Especially in the makeup industry that's already known for being the worst of the row. Yeah, yeah, it just shows like yeah. those smaller creators that are stuck at 100,000 followers, it sends the message to those guys that you are never going to be successful because you play fair and you play by the rules and you don't stand out for that very reason. And I just think it's a shame if yeah. I'm being honest. No. Maybe I'm being too hard, but I just wanted to be honest there. No, I, I agree. I think it sends, I mean, especially from something like Forbes, who yeah. is the top of the business world, like yeah. the top business mm-hmm. media. It is really, really sad. They're saying uh, that she's above the rules. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's interesting to me too, even how I like, I just think like the income for these, some of these people on this list is so ridiculous. Like um, makeup people make dummy money. I know. Like dummy. if Jeffree Star is one of the most hated people on yeah. the internet, have you seen his house? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. If that's what the most hated person yeah. is, is bringing that. in, like imagine what somebody who owns their own makeup company and is like actually beloved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. granted, Michaela doesn't own her own makeup company, but Huda's on this list. Yeah. And she does. And I'm like, oh, I think that her income is probably, but again, she it wouldn't surprise me if she was like, I don't want to like. I don't want people to know how much money. Yeah. I well, I think actually, sorry. I think Kata is on that list. But she the is. reason I and the reason I don't, I I'm surprised she's on the creator list because I don't really even count her as a creator anymore. I think she's super succeeded the title of creator. I think she's bigger than a creator now. She's an entrepreneur. Um. And but okay. So now moving to another one was Bella Porch is on the list at number thirty four. She's interesting to me, and I'm going to explain why. But she made over three million dollars. She has 112 million followers. Similar to Addison and Charlie, she has a very low engagement rate, 0.6%. But again, it's because when you have that many followers. Yeah. Except I think Cobby Lame had a pretty high engagement rate, despite being the most followed on TikTok. Interesting. But I think that Bella Porch was so smart for pivoting to music because I think she knew the style of video she was doing was very trend oriented and it wasn't going to last long. Yeah. And 
I think music is going to be the ticket to longevity for someone like her. Totally. I mean, and also Addison Rae was exactly. I expected Addison to be maybe they started writing this list before her EP came out. Yeah, but I felt like that put her on the map of like mainstream artist. And I think she was higher last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I think that especially if she releases an album next year or something like that, like I think that that would boost her up. Yeah, again, like music. There's so much money in music. I also think Addison Rae took a very strategic backseat this year mm-hmm. on purpose because she didn't want to be known as a TikToker anymore. And even though it may have bumped her down on a list like this, I think she knows that like she's thinking five years from now, not two years from now. What I respect most about Addison Rae is she has so much discipline as like an entrepreneur, yeah. and a businesswoman. The fact that her music got leaked over a year ago mm-hmm. And she sat on it. She wanted to wait until it was good. She wanted to wait until it was the right time. I'm sure she changed the songs up a lot in in ways Mm -hmm. we never even got to see. And her holding on to that and her her having this longevity of like, I could just release it all now because it's going viral. But no, I'm going to wait until like I know it's ready, Mm -hmm. until I know that this is the thing that I want to do, I think is so admirable. And she did not get enough credit for that. Like no one was talking about Wow, she could have done this a year she ago, held back. but she had the discipline mm-hmm. and uh, vision, and just long term vision yeah, to, to even to think to about do that. that. And also, like, I'm sure if she released it last year, probably wouldn't have had Charlie XCX. Exactly. But because she waited, she was able to like get a, a huge artist. Mm-hmm. And then I think it heightened the desirability around it because mm-hmm. everyone every- wants what they can't have. We talk about that all the time. Everybody wants it. Yes. Now, two people I want to point out who are streamers, which was number 31 on the list is ninja and he really blew up during like the fortnight and was one of the people that really put twitch on the map i remember when drake did a stream with him when fortnite was big i remember i was in college and reading articles about that and being like what's twitch um so the reason he's fascinating to me i'm gonna get into it but he made 10 million dollars he has 71 million followers 0.3 percent engagement but they mention in the article where a lot of his money came from. And I could see this being a direction that like someone like you or I take eventually. He joined this new gaming venture called Game Square as mm-hmm. the chief innovation officer. And because of that, going into like this corporate role, he was given some stocks. Mm-hmm. And now that the app is blowing up, he is now making tons of money. He got that he partial owner early. Money. Exactly. And I think that is so smart because no creator, unless you're someone like a Mr. Beast or Emma Chamberlain, no creator really stays in the public eye for that long. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of the game. New people come up and get famous. Of course, you have legacy and history in a community, but it's so smart that Ninja probably saw there were all these other streamers that were kind of following suit. And he took a step back and not everyone wants to be a public figure for a long time. He took a step back. He invested his money. He went the corporate route and it paid off exponentially. I have a theory that we're going to see creators come in as creative directors and partial owners and equity like stock Mm -hmm. owners of brands. The same way um, we see designer brands have celebrities as like creative directors. Like I could totally see something where like a Levi's pays Emma Chamberlain to be a creative director, but mm-hmm. in terms of equity. Yeah. Like, we are going to give you a percentage of ownership of this company. Mm-hmm. You are very clearly have this unfathomable, like, knowledge about a young female audience on the internet. She's, like, the only one that ever propelled herself to that level yeah. of fame. She's at the top of the fashion world, mm-hmm. the top of YouTube, like, has a coffee company, clearly knows how to run a business. Yeah. And being, like, teach us like yeah what how can we make our content look as cool as chamberlain coffee yeah how can we launch campaigns instead of paying you to do these one-off ads yeah why don't we pay you to like steer the the direction of our digital footprint and i think that we're gonna see so many more creators do stuff like that like i could see makeup creators yeah makeup companies i could see finance creators doing that for finance companies Mm -hmm. you know it's if somebody is good enough at their skill set to capture 5 million viewers, 5 million followers from nothing, imagine what they can do with the disposal. Imagine what they can do with the income and mm-hmm. resources of a multi-million dollar brand. Mm-hmm. One, I think you're spot on. And I've always said too, like I think 
Mr. Beast could be the next Mark Zuckerberg because I think Mr. Oh, Beast starting is a platform one day. Going to start a platform. Yeah, he totally could. I'm surprised he hasn't already. I know. I think it's also like one of the things where he's like growing so fast. It's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Like, I think he could just ride th- this wave as for the as- next like five years or whatever mm-hmm. until it starts to slow down or until he gets bored. I think yeah. that's another very legitimate thing that can happen with him. Yeah. Is that he stays at this growth rate for so long if yes. he feels like unchallenged. Yeah. And and has to like start from nothing again. Totally. Another one that's a streamer is Dream. He was number 30 and he was someone who wore this mask and was a Minecraft creator and then eventually did a face reveal and then put the mask back on, which I think people were really harsh on him for like no reason. But anyway, so he made $6 million. He has 47 million followers. He has 3% engagement and he started putting out music and it's been really, really widely accepted. Like he is becoming a music artist. He, I think there's something interesting here where streamers or creators that are seen as like anonymous Mm -hmm. are so easy easily able to move into music. We see it with Corpse Husband. Mm-hmm. And I think that audiences are so obsessed with figuring out like their identity that they then consume their music, for example, because it yeah. reveals another part of them, like solving a clue. It's another yeah. clue. Or there's just like this weird obsession with it. Like I did not, I mean, I don't really consume tons of gaming content. So like I never really yeah. stream. I remember my YouTube homepage the day he like revealed his face. Yeah. Every creator on planet Earth was like reacting to Dream Face yeah. reveal. Dream face, dream blah blah blah. It was like he got like rewarded. Like he had all these years of yes. build up for this big payoff. Yes. It, it was really, really It was crazy a huge moment. See. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the last one before we get into the top ten that I want to point out that really stood out to me is Tinks. Okay. <laughs> And I'm a fan of Tinks. I think me and her also have a very crossover of audiences. Uh She was one of the first TikTokers to really blow up because she leaned into this millennial thing. She was on the list last year. Now, I don't know if it's a typo, Mm -hmm. but if it's not, I would love to talk to Tinks and maybe even have her on our show and be like, how did you pull this off? But what I'm getting at is she has 2 million followers and Forbes put her engagement rate at 42%. I think it's supposed to be 4.2%. Okay, that would make sense because for comparison, Alex Earl is at 7%. Kai Sinat yeah. is the only one who's close to 42 at 25%. I even looked at Tinks's videos when doing research for this. Yeah. She has 1.5 million followers on TikTok and her most recent video has 30,000 views. That's not if it, if she really had forty two percent engagement, just, every video would have like six hundred thousand views, if not more. Yeah, and forty two percent engagement is like Im- almost impossible. Like, Exa- it's not anything it, bad for on every one hundred thousand like, views. You're getting forty two thousand likes. Like, that's exactly. the big Mr. Beast isn't doing that. You know, Mr. I mean? like, Beast is not no, doing forty two. I, I think like. It, that 42% is just impossible. And if it was happening, like they would be. We need to talk to her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you, what's your magic sauce? Right. Because it just doesn't make sense to me. The only thing I can maybe think is they're calculating how many people tune into her Sirius XM show. But again, not even Alex Cooper, who is on this list and has a podcast, had 42% engagement. It, to me... If it's real, I would love to know why, because that's amazing. And if it's not real, even if it is just 4.2%, that's still high and good for her. Because $7 million for 2 million followers is astronomical, by the way. Yeah. See, this is where, again, like, I just don't think this income is correct. You think like You think- Inflated. No, I just think that Alex Earl has four times the amount of following- at the bare minimum, she's getting, what, four times the amount of dollars per yeah. deal. She has huge partnerships. Yeah. Huge engagement. Like, there's just no way that she's making more money. Right. Also, something before we get to the top 10 I would like to talk about is that different niches pay drastically different dollars. Yeah. The like, nicher you go, the quicker you the grow. The nicher you go, the quicker you grow. And someone I used to work with is on yeah. this list, which is crazy. Her name's Vivian, too. And she is a finance creator. Mm-hmm. The top five most monetizable niches on the internet, number one, finance, Mm -hmm. number two, 
tech. Mm-hmm. Number three, parenting, sadly. Different conversation for a different yeah. time. Four is food. Five is beauty. A lot of this, I think they, I mean, it's for Forbes, so I think it's like a press thing. Yeah. They glamorize like cool creators, like yeah. a lot of lifestyle, yeah. a lot of YouTubers that have been mm-hmm. around for a long time, like peeing, things that will bring in attention to this article, not necessarily like, is this person actually making maybe. this most money? Like, is there maybe a, yeah. 10 other people out there who made more money than this? I don't know. Um, Even the, there was only one food creator that I could see. This is that makes no I sense. Bring up Nick Giovanni. He should have been way higher. Yeah. He has done like celebrity collapse. Yeah. And food is the most, again, one of the most monetizable things. I want you to close your eyes and think of a grocery store. Think of how many different brands are on those shelves. Yeah. Every single one of those brands has to advertise. Who are they doing it with? Chefs on the internet. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see Drew follow on this list. Really? Yeah. I think that she, again, like I think there are creators that get a lot of hate for blowing up with like one specific thing yeah. or like a trend or a meme. Like I think even now I see criticism of people like Tube Girl where they're like, mm-hmm. she has no longevity. This yeah. is boring, blah, blah, blah. And what I really, really admire about Drew is she blew up in the beginning for one very, very specific mm-hmm. thing. Those comment reply yep. videos where she was calling out men. Or a stage. And has turned this into... She has a YouTube channel. She mm-hmm. has a Spotify exclusive podcast. Mm-hmm. She did. She is like an entire lifestyle creator. Yeah. She talks about, I've seen her post videos about fitness and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like the way she pivoted from that to this massive career, I think is really, really admirable. Yeah. And you don't see people talk about her success trajectory in that yeah. way. Of like you blew up doing one thing, a trend that everybody, you know, criticizes people for doing, yet transform that into a career. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really cool. Someone I was very upset not to see on this list was Brittany Broski. I was going to say Brittany Broski. Where is Brittany Where Broski? Where is she? She's a huge YouTube yes. following, has a podcast, now has a celebrity interview show, yes. has two TikTok accounts with over 4 million yes. followers, has done huge, met Harry Styles in the last year, has done crazy campaigns. Celebrities film at the mouth to be associated with her. Literally. And I think, again, like she should absolutely be on her. I think she should be towards the top even. Like she's one of those people, again, I think she blew up from a kombucha meme Mm -hmm. and turned that into a huge brand. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Like I don't think most people could do that. It's crazy. And it's it's like, I wish that was accounted for. And I was really sad. I... I will always say, as a self-proclaimed internet historian, <laughs> okay. Brittany Broski's kombucha video is the one that put TikTok on the map mainstream. Really? Because, because it was a moment that, at the time, TikTok was known for being a dance app. Yep. It was a moment that was clipped and shared to Twitter. And what, what made it... Say what made it so memeable is you could see the expression on her face. Even if you didn't speak her language, if you didn't speak English, you knew exactly what was happening in the video. It was quick. It got memed and people that were older, like millennials or even Gen Z that thought they were too cool for TikTok, thought, Oh, it's not just a dancing app anymore. I would love to see the metrics. She posted that video in, I believe August of 2019. If we could layer the metrics of TikTok downloads, I bet you August and September of 2019 yep. is a huge freaking spike and it's because of Brittany Broski. I, plus one to everything you said, could not agree more. There's also two reasons I'd like to add. Number one, I felt like it was the first TikTok meme to go viral on a platform that wasn't TikTok. Yes. It was yes. a drawing in Twitter audience. It blew up on gay Twitter. Yeah. So like that's when uh, all the audience mm-hmm. drew to TikTok, right? Because they saw it was funny. And two, I felt like it was one of the first TikToks that really gave like Vine energy. Yes. It showed people that like this doesn't have to only be dancing. Mm-hmm. Like you can laugh with your friends and like or you make memes or whatever. And that was the beauty of, of earlier TikTok and stuff. And yeah. I think that's why it, it took off that way. And you know what's like a funny story about her video too is what? she originally posted it on Snap for her friends and her <laughs> friends, I believe in an interview, her friends were like, you have to post this to TikTok. And she was like, no, like what's TikTok? And That's it's a real friend. I, I hope she cut that friend a check. I know, it's so crazy. I hope she cut that friend a yes. check. Um, now we're going to get into the top 10 okay. of the Forbes list. So Wait, who's 11th? Just as like, I want to know who didn't make the top 10. I believe it was Kabi Lame. Okay. It was Kabi Lame. That yeah. Makes sense. Now... 
I'm going to go from 10 down to one for Forbes top creators of 2023. Okay. At number 10, Brent Rivera. Yeah, he's a YouTuber. And I'm also going to make a note of how many of the top 10 are YouTubers and how many are TikTokers. Pay attention okay. to that. Okay. I'm paying attention. So Brent Rivera had made $17 million in the last year. He has almost a hundred million followers. They said that a lot of his income, I didn't know this, but he owns Amp Studios. Yeah. I didn't know that, but that's so smart of him. Like, no, I it is think really smart. I get annoyed at his content because it's not my demographic and that's okay. But I think people sometimes confuse just because someone makes kid content doesn't mean that they're really smart in business. And I yeah. think that there's like a disconnect there when you think about how good he is at business because you're like, well, he makes these kitty videos, but there's a whole other side of him that I'm sure the internet doesn't see and it's why he's on the top 10. Yeah, it's also surprising to me that, because like Amp Studios is really into podcasting. Yeah. And to my knowledge, he's not he, a, does he have a podcast? I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's really interesting that yeah. he made a podcast platform. Yeah. But maybe it is a smart business strategy to uh, make a business around something you don't compete in. Yeah. Because then either podcasting takes off great you own a huge podcasting network or it doesn't and you still have this huge yeah huge, you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you're not putting all your eggs in one basket you're diversifying yeah. your risk yes exactly he can take a seat back this one was so fascinating to me and i made a video about it on tiktok and it was so polarizing matt rife yes yep. number nine matt rife he made 25 million dollars last year See, he this is makes sense to me Okay, yeah, and we'll get into that. He has 22 million followers, 10% engagement, and the Forbes article said that the most of his money came from selling tickets. tickets. Yep, he that's sold why. 750,000 tickets. Yep, so. and that's what, I mean, music artists, your favorite music artists, yeah. Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, any of them, they make most of their money from selling Touring. tickets. Yes. It's tours. Music labels make most of their money from selling tickets. And that's why it didn't surprise me at all. I also think we're going to see a lot more creators blow up in the next year who start as a creator. I like to call it like a craft creator where okay. like you're a comedian and you're posting videos on TikTok of your comedy. Show. Yes. And they end up blowing up this way, like as big TikTokers. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's to They're sell comedy mm -hmm. tickets. It's to be a comedian, yeah. like where they're showing their craft and getting people interested in it mm -hmm. to get them to come to this real thing. Yeah, your North Star should never be TikTok. That yeah. should just be the stepping stone. And I think comedy as well, the reason they make so much money in tours compared to music artists even, they, all they have to bring, of course their team and everything and like book the venues, a stool and a, and a microphone. microphone. Yeah. Whereas an artist needs an orchestra, a live band. And There's also other think things. about the Netflix specials. Which think his about, Netflix yep. special hasn't even come out yet. Whoa. So imagine how much money he's going to make next Interesting. year. Interesting. I also am really, really excited to see how that performs because if it does well, I think it has the potential to open this gateway of uh, Netflix creator specials. Yeah. So like Netflix Brittany finding Brosky. community, the Britney mm -hmm. Broskies of the internet and being like, hey, here's an, you want to do an hour special? Here's an hour on totally. Netflix. Like, what do you want to do? Because that would prove that the audience can translate from yeah. TikTok to a traditional media streaming mm -hmm. platform. So I think Matt Reif is really like, has the potential to end up opening a lot of doors in the industry yeah. in ways that people don't think of for comedy specifically. Yeah, and people were so confused by my video because they thought I was saying he was the first ever stand-up comedian. I'm like, no, he's not. And he's not even the first stand-up comedian to post videos on TikTok. But what I was saying is that I think we are going to see creators that are like lifestyle POV creators that blow up on TikTok that maybe wouldn't have gone into stand-up yep. comedy, but their managers are reading this list. They saw how much money Matt Reif said yep. made, and they're gonna say, you need to get on a stage mm -hmm. tomorrow. So um, there's even a TikToker I follow. I love her videos. I think her name's Hannah Burner. Yes, Hannah Burner. She does a lot of like man on the street yes. and also POV, but has started doing clips of live performances, yeah. like stand-up and stuff like that. I think she was she's a comedian before one. TikTok. Yeah, no, she's yeah. so funny. I think she was a comedian before yeah. TikTok too. And she's another one whose like career I'm so interested in, yeah. in following. Because, again, I think we're seeing that social media is the new resume. Yes. It is literally like if you think you're funny, prove it. Prove it online. If you yeah. think you're a good cook, prove it. If you think you're a good business person, if you think you're if you think you're mm -hmm. good at social media, if you think you're good at yeah. makeup, if you think you're good at art, if you think you're good at anything, you can literally prove it by being like, I posted videos of me doing that yeah. thing. I gained this amount of followers. You should work with me or hire me because yeah. of that. Yeah. And 
people like Hannah Burner who are started as comedians and want to go this like standard comedian yeah. stand up special route are so fascinating to me because she can go to mm -hmm. Netflix and be like, hey, I'm getting 500,000 yeah. views on average of me doing a, a you know, 60 second clip of my standup. Imagine how many views I could get on a one hour segment on your platform and your yeah. platform only. Like those types of deals on the internet are just so interesting to me. Yeah, and we'll see more of that crossover. Now, another one who I'm surprised wasn't higher on the list, but Emma Chamberlain, she's a YouTuber at number eight. She made $20 million. She has 28 million followers. She has 6% engagement rate. And they say that the bulk of her income is from her Spotify exclusive podcast, Chamberlain Coffee and Brand Deals. Again, I almost like, I want to dive into her, but I feel like it's like, we it, we talk about her all the time. Like, I know. I kind of know why she's I, successful. But also, just, again, going back to this income thing, Alex Cooper got 60 million from Spotify. They're saying Emma Chamberlain's earnings for the entire year off of the Spotify exclusive deal, off of all of the brand shield mm -hmm. she gets, off of all of the YouTube passive income, and owning a company is twenty million. That's when I think these numbers just aren't true. Yeah. Like I'm like, there's How did no Paul way. Her daddy make more money than Emma Chamberlain? Three times as much from just that. I know. And there's no like it's yeah. It just doesn't add up to me. Right. No, I agree. It's a little odd. Um, a number another one, the only Instagrammer on here at number mm -hmm. seven is Elliot, he's the one who owns the account that I fucking hate. I know. We've I call it the lot. F Jerry effect. And I just hate accounts that repost other people's content. Yep. But there's a reason that he's on this list. So he's made $30 million. He has 17 million followers. He has 1% engagement rate. Go figure. But where the most of his income came, according to Forbes, is that he owns the board game empire. What do you mean? And we've talked about them before because they signed a deal with those girls that had that video he's that was 10, like, but yeah. So I think he's good at catching internet trends before they happen. Yeah. And aligning himself. And that is why he's on this list and made 30 million. I also think it's really interesting how all of the richest creators always end up going into a product line that can be sold at a Walmart. Yeah. F. Jerry did Mainstream. it. Mr. Beast did it with Feastables. Yeah. Like, Logan Paul with Prime. Did it. Logan Paul did it with Prime. The richest, like yeah. biggest creators are like trying to get on the shelves of a Walmart. Yes. It's really, really interesting. Yes. Now, another one speaking of at number six is Logan Paul. He's a YouTuber. He made $21 million. He has 74 million followers, 1% engagement rate. And they say that the bulk of his income came from signing to WWE yeah. as a fighter and launching Prime Energy with KSI. I actually like Prime Energy drink. I've tried it. I We're going to get into Jake Paul as well because he's on this list. I do want to note, I think it's, I love or, love or hate them. It is remarkable that two siblings are on this list in the top 10. Oh, that yeah. is 0.001% of a chance. Yeah, I mean, they're the only two siblings. And I mean, I agree with your sentiment like about having th thoughts on them, but also they're really good at like kind of like perpetuating they evolve. the beef. They know how to, other, yeah. yes, they know how to have the beef. Them going into fighting was so smart. Dude. Them going into podcasting. They, if one person knows how to evolve, it's Logan Paul. I know, it's crazy. He has lived more lives yes. than anyone on the internet. He's so it's, good at it. And as somebody who grew up watching WWE when I was like 10 years old, it is the most genius thing. I know. On both ends. Yeah. Like, it was genius from WWE to realize like, oh, TV a is villain. a dying medium. Mm -hmm. We need to hire a villain of the yes. internet. Like, it's so smart. smart. It's so, because it's like, even if Logan Paul gets into the biggest controversy of his entire career, it builds the character. Yep. Like, it's it's crazy yeah. how smart it mm -hmm. is. Like, I remember when I saw that. For the first time, it was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. It makes, he's gonna, they're gonna get all these like young boys who watch yeah. YouTube to tune into WWE. Yeah. It's, it's so smart. Yes. And now the next one in the highest female on this list at number five is Charlie D'Amelio. We love Charlie. We love Charlie. We're Charlie we, fans. Yes. This pod. We, there's nothing that Charlie D'Amelio can do that would ever make me not a fan. But she is a TikToker. She made $23 million. She has, 213 million followers, 0.7% engagement. This makes sense because she mm -hmm. has such a high following. There's no way that many people are going to see her videos every day. 
Um, and they say that a lot of her income came from launching the social tourist clothing brand with her sister in Hollister. She has a fragrance line and from starring on their new show that's in season three, The yeah. Danilio Show. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't bring up the Duncan deal in this oh, thing. I thought yeah. that was the smartest business thing she yeah. had done. Um, tying yourself to a global chain mm -hmm. that people consume every day. We talked about this, yeah. ritualizing the product. Um, and connecting herself with a brand like that was so genius. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that it wasn't on here, but also the Hulu show is genius too. Yes. Like she, them breaking into that uh, traditional media, but through reality, I think yeah. is really smart because it's a great way to like step your way. Like yes. it's not like, like I think we saw when people tried to go from like TikToker to Netflix, it didn't really work. Yes. Like I think that like Addison Rae got yeah. not backlash. But yeah, like, it was hard. Criticism yeah. of that. And I think, um, doing it from reality is smarter because mm -hmm. it makes people more tied to the person, yeah. not a role that they play. Yes. And I also think that the D'Amelio show is hitting at a special time where it seems like the Kardashian Jenners are maybe aging out of their show and mm -hmm. you can see some of the sisters aren't interested in filming, yeah. et cetera. I mean, they've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And there's this hunger for that figure that people mm -hmm. want to still watch. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting too. There's a weird obsession with famous families. Like yes. we it just, I think it's like a social phenomenon. Yeah. Like people love to like anchor yes. a family. Um, because you can always relate to one person at any given time. Yeah. Oh, my God. We totally lied. Both of D'Amelio's are siblings on here. But they're not in the top 10. Oh, Dixie's you're right. I meant you're like right. the top 10. You're right. Yeah. You win. Um, and then at number four, you have Rhett and Link. They're one of those examples. They're a YouTuber. Legacy. A legacy. They're an example of if you stick at it long enough. Like they've, they posted their first video in 2006. They have a combined 51 million followers. They made... $35 million and they have a company that employs more than a hundred people. Yeah. Again, they're that's an institution genius. Yeah. And they're one of those people who transformed being a creator into a media company. Yes. Like they're the face and content, but they probably do not even 10% of the work of what it takes to like create right. the content, right? Someone else is editing. There's camera and there's lights, yeah. there's sound. Like it, they've like built an entire production around them, which is yeah. really interesting. Also, I think you could make the argument Rhett and Link are the longest standing creators. Mm -hmm. Like they're, yeah. if we had to make so. a Mount Rushmore of the yeah. internet, Rhett and Link would have to be two faces on that Mount Rushmore. Yes, Like I they are so. truly founding fathers of social media. Mm -hmm. And that actually got me thinking, I was fascinated that the Try Guys aren't, aren't on this because Rhett and Link are so similar to the Try Guys and they weren't, they might've not applied themselves for the list. You're right. I wonder if they took a financial hit with what happened with Ned, or I think that would elevate them, but the Try Guys aren't on this list and I'm interested if they ever will be, or they might not even apply. They might not be interested. Yeah. But that was really, because the Ned drama that happened with the Try Guys was the first time I think everyone realized how mainstream they had become. Yeah. I mean, it, there was an SNL skit. Literally. That's how are they exactly not on this list? Exactly what I was about to say. Also, it's kind of sad to me that like that deemed an SNL skit when there's like, we're going to talk about all the terrible things that happened on the internet. I know. The one thing we're going to make an SNL yeah. skit about is the Try Guys. Like, But I think they have to up. keep it lighthearted though. I know. Like I, but, they, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Try Guys is a really interesting one to me. Like why they're not on I'm it. I'm shocked. Yeah. Now, top three. Number three, you have Jake Paul. He's a YouTuber turned boxer. He made $34 million. He has 66 million followers. 1.6% engagement. Um, crazy because Logan, his older brother, is a part of two competitors. So they say that a big chunk of Jake's income came from a lucrative sponsorship with Celsius, mm -hmm. making him one of the highest paid athletes of 2022. Yeah. Think about like Cristiano. We're not like all of these people, but Celsius is a direct competitor of Prime Energy. Yeah. And another direct competitor of Logan Paul's WWE, a contract, I think, is it the WWE? E. WWE is another part of his lucrative income is that Jake Paul signed to the MMA. And part of that income is he has pay-per-view fights. Yep. So he makes money when people um, watch him. And then another one is he is a part of a new sports betting app called Better. And they raised $50 million in investments the last year. So oh. if the, but we've seen these things rise and fall. Yeah. You had uh, David Dobrik had an, David Dobrik's not on the list. 
Wait, he wasn't on the list. He, I think, I literally think he nosedived his career by signing that Snapchat deal. I think he didn't like YouTube is such a powerful platform. It's never worth signing, getting rid of it. Allegedly, in my opinion, what if David Dobrik could be making dummy money from Snapchat? But what if he doesn't want the numbers out there? Because if Jeff does go through with the lawsuit, he can say, I don't have the 10 million you're asking for. But if he's on the Forbes list, the judge is going to bring up and say, according to Forbes, you made $13 million. That's allegedly, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, but like these platform exclusivity deals are money and capital letters. But like you can't, uh, you're not going to have a longevity of a brand being a Snapchat only creator. No No one has ever done it. Yeah. I'm not sure the platform even brings in enough income to sustain it in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at least for me, like, again, like influence is not like something that's measured on this. But if it were, he would have an influence score of like down five points from because he signed that deal. Yeah, 100%. Now, number two, we have KSI, and he is a YouTuber. He had $24 million in earnings, 112 million followers, super high engagement rate, 6.5% engagement for over 100 million followers is unheard of, besides Mr. Beast. And he's released music. I love his song, Holiday. He is the founder of the Sidemen on YouTube, huge channel. Smart. Another part of his income is that he co-founded Prime Energy with Logan Paul. Yep. So I think KSI is one of those people who is eventually probably going to take more of like a back seat. And I think that he's building a team around him of faces that can sustain fame, even if he maybe isn't in the public eye. Like I see him going the entrepreneur route. Totally. And he is so smart for aligning himself with sports. Mm -hmm. Again, you'll really start to see the people making the most money on this list are people who are are people who are pioneering a bridge from traditional media to digital media. We should start working so, out. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, Planet I, Fitness higher us. You know what? It's at what cost though? That's our next. Well, My I'd rather do that than fear food. In life is the gym. And then um, last one is Mr. Beast. He made eighty-two million dollars, three hundred and twelve million followers. 10% engagement. So that's around 31 million views per video. He launched food lines like Feastables and Mr. Beast Burgers. Um, they said that his fan base is nearly as large as the population of the US. And he's expected to become a member of the Forbes board when he sells his food company. So that's yeah. smart of him to like sell it though and then just be like, okay, I made a bunch of money and I'm done. Yeah, I mean, he is like, the sky's the limit for him. It's yeah. like there is no limit to his growth. It's honestly crazy. Yeah, so... That was the list. I thought it was really interesting. Me too. I mean, it's interesting that the list even exists in my opinion. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to continue to see YouTubers at the top of the list or if TikTokers will eventually bump them out of the top 10. But I don't think so. I think YouTubers and people that make long form media have an audience that we don't really see. If anything, I think my prediction is next year, we'll see more Twitch streamers higher up on the list. Podcasters too. Like there's this new podcast called Share Your Screen with (laughs) Pink. But yeah. Okay, great. Well, this was a really awesome episode. And if you guys have any opinions or thoughts, head over to the comments on YouTube. Send it in the Discord. Or the Discord, yeah. But send it on YouTube first so we get engagement. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye. Hi, you guys. Coco here as I'm editing. And I wanted to read you guys some of our Discord replies because they were really great. We were coming up on time when we were in the studio. But I still want to get to this because you guys had some really great opinions and also if you guys ever want to talk to us we have that discord of course still leave your youtube comments but then on discord sometimes we'll feature different messages we get so before we went into filming i asked the discord despite tiktokers growing in popularity youtubers monopolize the top 10 of the forbes list besides charlie d'amelio what is your theory on why that is now this is some of the great replies that we got One of them was from Athena and she said, YouTubers hold audiences attention more effectively. Even some of the most popular TikTokers are affected by the algorithm. It's less about creators and more about the For You page, which is so true. And I say in the video, like I follow creators on TikTok and then after I hit follow, I never saw one of their videos ever again. And so yeah, YouTube followings are just way more loyal because of that. And Nikki made a great point in this episode that like, 
TikTok rewards discovering new people, whereas YouTube rewards being able to send out notifications to the people that you're subscribed to. Now, another one was, um, let me see if I can get their name. Um, another comment that we got was from Only Jordan. And she said, when subscribing to a YouTube channel, it feels similar to tuning into a TV show weekly. Since other platforms constantly feed you little bits of multiple creators content, it doesn't stick with you like long form YouTube videos do. And that also Google search funneling into YouTube may have something to do with overall engagement. I thought that was a great point. And then we also had from Gary, here's my take on why TikTokers are falling short. And Gary said that I think it's easier for YouTube long form creators to get brand partnerships consistently. I was listening to an episode of Colin and Samir this morning and they discussed how it's much easier to promote a brand product when the creator makes long form content because they have a stronger community. And yeah, TikToks are honestly just really short to include ads and the ones that do feel unnatural. That I agree with as well. I think it's also comes down to AdSense and the way that I think of AdSense on TikTok versus YouTube, like if you're a user, you're willing to watch a 30 second ad if you're gonna get a 30 minute video, cause it makes sense, right? But imagine if on TikTok they showed you a 30 second ad every time you scrolled to another 10 second video, it just wouldn't make sense. So there's a lot more ad revenue because of that. And one of our personal friends of the show, Michael Drummond said, it's about the long, it's about the connection long form content on YouTube allows for not just community connections, but neuro connections. It activates regions of the brain associated with empathy and social emotions. When your favorite YouTuber takes a year long sabbatical, the first video they make coming back gives you feelings of excitement. You want to know what they've been up to. TikTok in short form doesn't allow for empathy and social circuits. If a TikToker you follow leaves for a year, the response is typically, is this channel still relevant or applicable to me? There's a separation from the human being and the content. And yeah, I think that's a great point. So those were some of the answers that we got. It'll be interesting to know if we have more TikTokers in the top 10 next year. Um, I honestly think it does seem to just be coming down to who's good at launching brands that are able to outlive their popularity. And it's something we're seeing with like Chamberlain Coffee or Prime Energy Drink. And my guess is we're gonna see a lot more streamers on the top of the list next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Kai Sinat ends up in the top 10. But those are just my predictions and let me know what you guys think. You can join the Discord if you click the link below either in the podcast show notes or the YouTube description. And if you're on YouTube, leave a comment, say hi. And if you're listening on podcast and you made it this far, we would love if you left us a review because that really helps us climb in the algorithm. But yeah, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week.